Hello and welcome to the Midnight Film Review. My name is Brian Stevens. Oh, of course, Mrs. Stevens. I'll let Brian know to use his rash ointment. Uh, oh, sorry, I was on a call. Uh, Drew Mascherelli. Oh, Drew, you are killing it tonight. You uh, are, are you drunk right now? I'm not. No, I'm. <laughs> completely regular oh man you uh the cold open that no one will probably ever hear that was fantabulous yeah just had the just had like the the choking sound <laughs> at the end of this episode the, the choking sound from every one of your favorite pornos right but me imitating that sound yes yes we i forced an uh, an ai to watch thousands of hours of <laughs> porno films <laughs> And this is the script I wrote. I I hate those tweets. Oh, uh, you like, you hate clearly, those tweets? Well, because it's fake. It's like none of that's real because it has like a self awareness to it. Yeah, it's no, like, I'm with you. A parody of it. It's like get out of here. Uh, that's I, I mean, it's like um, I, this is one of my favorite things that me and my coworker always joke about when uh, it, it's always a, a single mom and they'll say my 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 two-year-old said the craziest thing to me and then it's like quote mommy you're my favorite person in the world and when i grow up i want to be just like you because my dad sucks (laughs) and it's like (laughs) they didn't fucking say that shit or it's always the facebook posts like my darling son yeah (laughs) right i want to be just like you all right anyways we have an awesome show for you this week if you can't already tell we're super hyped we have uh an email to read um super stoked about that we have a uh, both have a few media hot takes we're going to discuss and then we're going to end with a review of the chris pratt led film the trilogy tomorrow war uh also i want to do plugs real fast drew okay uh remember we have a patreon right now patreon.com slash cult of pop that's called the get K. your t-shirts get your t-shirts get your game on go play you're an all-star uh, also drew has released a second episode of the way down it's doing really well i've gotten lots of good uh, feedback drew you killed it this episode so excited uh one of my friends um who didn't introduce me to modest mouse but we kind of discovered him at the same time um was like this is the podcast he's been dreaming about and he's so happy um that he knows i'm i know you basically is what he said i'm i'm glad yeah i'm happy one person feels that way about it that is that is nice to hear so shout out that guy yeah yeah and i think i think there's a lot of people that are like that um honestly um yeah this this next one will be interesting i've got a two eps that are largely comprised of the same songs but different versions so challenging to somehow incorporate that in a way that's interesting but the moon in antarctica great album i think you'll do it drew i have faith i have faith in you um talk about one of the best modest mouse songs night on the sun oh love it i love that song got the vinyl right here um, I'm showing Brian. I'm showing my yeah. webcam that's turned off. Um, you should get that tattooed on your on your chest. I should get it as a tramp stamp. Yeah. Oh, dude, that would shape be, yeah. for it. Yeah, for it's sure. Kind of like the uh, I don't like that Jesus fish, uh-huh. but with an additional tail on the front of it. If people are trying to imagine at home, but it's rainbow colored. Yes. Just that on my midriff. That I you should do it. Like 
I, I'm I'm down. I, w- Ryan, I would pay, I would pay for that. Get friendship tattoos. We, hey, how about we put that on the Patreon? If if you subscribe, somebody subscribes for a hundred dollars, Drew will get that tattoo. And if you subscribe for one hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> uh, you get to you get to play with me. <laughs> okay, that's. I, I, yeah, I'll set that tier up today. Um, <laughs> I one hundred thousand dollars playtime. <laughs> the playtime tier playtime tier um also i want to give myself a plug here because i wrote finally finished the uh 11 underrated films of the early 2000s and that should be out um, by the time you hear this podcast so i'm really excited and i'm going to talk about one of the films that i recently rewatched um and how it made my list so i'm excited for you guys to read that list um and you wrote it on that beautiful antique typewriter over there, correct? Yeah, yep. And uh, I photocopied it. And uh, if you're part of the emailing list, you will get uh, it emailed uh, in chain letter form. So, and you, you put you're probably seed t- Brian's carrier pigeon will come drop it off at your house. You're probably too young to to remember chain mail, right? No, I remember in sixth grade I got one that said like a killer rabbit was going to come eat your your penis or vagina. <laughs> Um, and I was like, damn, what's a vagina? I guess I have that. And, you know, didn't really think about it too much until I realized probably like two years later that I don't have that. And it's actually spelled with a V. (laughs) Embarrassingly late. Wow. Um, so you sent it to your contact list and your, everybody got that email from you, right? Yeah. I sent it to Nana. (laughs) Jeez, Nana. Um, all right, so don't forget to check out the website, cultofpop.com. That's called K. And remember, you can always email us here at the podcast at cultofpop at gmail.com. All right, Drew, you ready for this email from Will? Let's let's do it. Longtime listener and sometimes writer, uh, Will writes in, Hey, Calters, Midnighters, or whoever the hell you guys are now. Uh, loving the show recently. Also, Great job, Drew, on your new show. Um, never heard of Modest Mouse before this, but we'll guarantee I will be a, a listener for a long time to come. So that's pretty Thank cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, how are you guys feeling about the recent releases that are coming out in the next few months? Just curious what you're looking forward to and what might be on your radar for new shows. Will. So, um... I don't know. What what does the release schedule even look like? I haven't. The first one that came to mind without even looking at it was uh, Green Knight. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. That one looks cool. Uh, And news story. Seems like this isn't going to go anywhere, but uh, A24 was looking to get purchased recently. Is that a good thing? Uh, No. No, it's not a good thing? I, I don't think so. Who is in line to purchase them? Um, I don't know if there was any specific. It just there there was a price. I want to say. Oh, um, okay, okay. But yeah, no, they they just said they were like open to acquisition. Interesting. Okay. Um. Yeah. But yeah. I, Green Knight looks like a like a weird, dark fantasy kind of witchery type deal um but some really really cool talent behind that so yeah can't wait for that one uh i'm, I'm also um, my interest is peaked with Stillwater. um 
what do you think? The the new um, Matt, the Matt da- Damon one, right? Yeah, yeah, but Tom McCarthy, who I think Tom McCarthy is a really underrated director. Um, Spotlight it was, I think, his last movie. Has he done anything yeah, since Spotlight? Nope. Yeah, so um, I, I I don't know. I think it's um, I think it's interesting. Um, I, it's an interesting concept. So, and I've you know I've kind of been waiting for Matt Damon to have this kind of moment where he had to carry a film as an actor. Um, I, think, I don't think he's really got the scripts for that. And, but I, I don't, I mean, we'll see. I'm out. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I guess the, the one thing that, uh, that I kept thinking watching that trailer is that the, the real interesting, uh, version of that movie is the same exact story, but flipped where, uh, a father from the middle East is trying to get his daughter out of, American uh, prison. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, that is such a better concept instead of like, I'm I'm good old Texas boy, Matt Damon. You better <laughs> tell me where my daughter is right now. It's like it just just kind of stinks of like Oh, this is like, yeah, I, I know how how shit works around here. Matt Damon pulling up in I don't know what country that movie takes place in. Uh but France. like Spotlight's a great movie, so I'll yeah. I'll definitely see that one. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, um, you know, honestly, like, and I'm just looking a couple ahead. Like, I'm not trying to go the rest of the year because there's there's a lot of movies at the end of the year that I'm, I'm interested in. But like, uh, honestly, like, I I'm not too excited about like any of these movies. Like, I really want to see old just because I'm a huge M Night Shyamalan fan. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, I'm nervous about that movie. <laughs> um. Candyman is another one that I'm interested in. I think could be good. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that because I think I saw that trailer before like us. Yeah, it's been it's been yeah it's been yeah. it's been out there for a while. But a movie that like I'm super interested in, and I didn't, I wouldn't recommend watching the trailer because I'm I feel like it gives away a lot. But if I look at who's involved in it, um, just. I'm just basing this completely on, like I said, who's involved, and that's the uh, the protege. Um, you know what I'm that? talking. You know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. So it's written by Richard Wink, who he's. This is like his bread and butter. He does like movies like um, The Magnificent Seven, Equalizer, um, The Mechanic, Sixteen Blocks, like really cheesy action movies is he writes but it's directed by martin campbell and it stars maggie q uh michael keaton and samuel jackson um and the reason i brought up martin campbell is because martin campbell is a pretty talented director so he directed i think the last movie he directed was the foreigner with jackie chan um which was a decent movie colin and i uh reviewed it here on the podcast but he's done some really good action films, in my opinion. Edge of Darkness with Mel Gibson in 2010, Casino Royale, um, The Mask of Zorro, uh, GoldenEye. Just, I think he's a, a competent action director. So I'm actually looking forward to this movie. Um, I remember uh, seeing the poster for The Foreigner and thinking, wow, that is a good poster. And then I never saw the movie. Um, another, see, isn't that kind of the movie I pitched Stillwater should have been, except yeah. instead of 
kind of Middle East, it's China. And also, hopefully, if they made that movie, it would have a slightly better name than The Foreigner. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of right. Yeah. Oh, we're making a movie about a Chinese guy. What are we going to call Co- it? That's called The Foreigner. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they had some other ideas before that, but um, they're like, okay, okay, compromise. The Foreigner. Uh, <laughs> the, the Foreigner. Um, you know what? You know what looks okay? What's that? Uh, Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. No, I was going to bring that up. I was thinking that we probably should review that. Um, the fight scenes in that, like, what they show in the trailer looks super well shot and, like, really competently choreographed. That looks cool. Yeah. It wasn't until, like, probably three quarters of the way through the trailer I figured out that it was a Japanese movie, or uh, a G.I. Joe movie. At the beginning, I was, like, trying to figure out if it was dubbed or something. I'm like, oh, this just looks like a cool like combat arts movie there's no like american studio that would put this out yeah <laughs> but turns wrong. out uh fucking warner brothers or whoever it's one of those instances like we talked about i think last episode where they probably had a script and they were like you know we really want to make this movie but it probably won't make any money so let's just throw gi joe on the front of it we'll we'll, we'll make it snake eyes movie yeah which like sucks but if it's the way we get cool sword movies on like amc theater screens in 2021 then so be it right we'll take what we can get yeah take what we can get you know i i totally agree um all right well thanks for the email will again email us at call to pop at gmail.com let's call with a k and uh, we will read your email um really we forgot don't breathe too Oh, is that is that really is that a thing? Yeah, Friday, August thirteenth. Don't breathe too. I don't know how I missed that one. Sorry. That that first "Don't Breathe" movie's all right. I did not care for it. Oh, well, that's because Brian Brian has a thing about turkey basters that <laughs> I can't stand it. I, I can't stand it. I I I thought that the premise was enticing. I just thought the execution was just terrible. I, I, yeah, I think Stephen Lang is an incredibly talented actor. I think he has a, a lot of menace and I think there's some like cool set pieces where he's really using his other senses in interesting ways. So if that's like, okay, like I'll, I'll definitely see that one. I mean, I'll probably see it too, but I won't enjoy it. I, 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 I mean, I may, I mean, who knows? Maybe I will, maybe I will, or maybe I will. Will you be taking your son to Paw Patrol the movie? Um, if he, I would, but if he, he would not sit still, he, he barely watches TV at home, man. I have a kid that is like the exact opposite of me. He doesn't really want to watch TV very often. All he'll, he'll watch trolls and then like just for the singing. And then he, next thing you know, he wants to run around and climb off of chairs and jump off stuff and run the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> That's my son. Have you ever thought about uh, bringing him on the podcast? Uh, yeah, I I have, but I'm worried that of things he'll say, Drew. He might incriminate me. He's seen a lot. Dad, what were those duffel bags <laughs> you were burying under the <laughs> under the Japanese maple? Right, exactly. Yeah, the one to the left of the stairs in the backyard. <laughs> what were you telling mommy about moving bricks? Um, Daddy, who are the Russians? Why do you keep talking about them? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what's embezzlement? Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on. Daddy, what's a white collar crime? <laughs> All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Quentin Tarantino. 
you excited about this? I know I am. I can't wait. I'm just tickled. So recently Tarantino, uh, he's been doing a press tour for a book he's releasing. So he's been on a lot of podcasts, but he was recently on Dax Shepard's podcast. And <laughs> what are you laughing at? It's so fun. Like just the setup for this article. It's like Dax Shepard's podcast. <laughs> Right. The guy from Chips, the guy from the guy that got his start on Punked, yeah, that guy. Um, which is really weird because I I went back and uh, watched some of the the old punks are on um on YouTube, and it's just so weird seeing like nobody know who Dax Shepard is, and he's like the guy that's you know pulling all the pranks for Ashton Kutcher, just weird. Um, what the one where um where Zach Braff like punches a child in the face? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, he grabs him by the collar and he's like, I mean, granted the kid supposedly spray painted his Porsche. So I, I kind of get it, but buy another. Right. Yeah. A good point. Good point. I guess. But Quentin Tarantino, um, Quentin Tarantino. Um, but anyways, he was on Dak Shepard's podcast and he was talking about, uh, the movie industry and he brings up this very specific instance. And we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast and it just, this kind of reinforces it. Cause it's something that we've discussed before, uh, and we talked about quite a bit for a long time. Um, he loves the arc light in LA and he, that's, he made this movie, the hateful eight, um, which, you know, I love by the way, uh, it's one of my favorite Tarantino movies I've seen. That is awesome yeah that think, is it's such a great movie yeah i agree it, it might be my favorite um but what what he does is he goes to arc light and he he says hey i want to release this christmas weekend and they say cool and disney says not so fast um we want our star wars movie to show for the entire month and if you pull it you'll never get another disney film uh, ever again mm-hmm. and so the arc light tells tarantino like listen disney's is telling us no and we can't shoot your film so tarantino is like obviously pissed and he you know it basically goes on this dialogue I, I didn't listen to it i'll be honest i didn't listen to the deck uh <laughs> i didn't deck shepherd experience yeah i didn't listen to the deck shepherd experience but apparently he goes on this you know this rant about how um these corporate ran theaters are ruining movies these big studio blockbusters and you know he's not the first one to say that i mean scorsese mentioned something about you know um marvel and comic book movies in the past and i get it i understand where they're coming where they're coming from um i do and i di- i can't stand the way that disney does business um not only do they force you know we again we've talked about this i don't really want to rehash it too much but he did he said something else and he mentioned how um theaters like amc and cinemark have ruined the going experience by putting in reclining chairs having uh servers uh, and um basically trying to replicate the in-home experience and i'll be honest drew i kind of agree with him I agree with them as well. Yeah, not going to to the AMC sixteen to get to get my toes sucked. You know, <laughs> right? I'm going to watch the art of self defense. Get out of my face! I don't want mozzarella sticks. Right. I'm going to watch the hateful eight. Like I, I remember maybe eight years ago now. Maybe not that long. Maybe maybe five years ago. I, it's it's been a while now. I remember the AMC near my house was doing renovations 
and they were removing all classic theater seats and they were putting in these lounge chairs. And I get it. Some people like that. I don't want to lay down and watch a movie. I think you're incredibly soft if you prefer a recliner in a movie theater over a traditional auditorium. I mean, it's like, I mean, he's right about the the recreating that I'm sitting on the couch watching, watching the movie on Amazon Prime. But it's also just furthering like the detachment. You're just putting more in front of people other than the film itself. Mm. I like it's that. like when I go to the movie theater, I don't really want that many things in the way of me like buying the ticket. Maybe I maybe I indulge in a small Sprite, Brian. Right. And then sitting down in my seat. Yeah, I'm I 100 percent agree with you. I I I try to seek out theaters that don't have recliners um, because I, I like the I mean, one, I, I don't ever recline it usually. I don't like sit. I don't like, I don't lay down at, at home and watch TV. Honestly, like I sit in a chair, like, or on the couch. Like I, I don't want that. Like I like being immersed in the film. And I, and somebody commented, uh, to like, uh, I saw somebody either on Twitter. I can't remember exactly where it was, but they commented that like, they don't like it either because they have a hard time staying awake in movies that's just so and i know people like that too like my wife is one she has a hard time staying awake and if you recline and get too comfortable it's like they pass out and i saw um in the heights uh while in a recliner and i fell asleep yeah there you go (laughs) right i mean and that's you know a gripping terrifying movie right Oh yeah, frights, frights by the dozen. By the dozen, uh, I, I, I just, I don't, I get, I understand these chains wanting to stay alive, and I understand them trying to entice customers to come, and they think that by doing these things, people are going to come. But I, ha- I have news, and I'm breaking it right now. People didn't stop going to the movie theater because the seats were uncomfortable, right? Yeah, they stopped going because like no one cares about Free Guy, <laughs> right? Like no one, no one is like. I mean, I'm sure you could find some like YouTube movie critic who had like top ten most anticipated movies of the summer. Summer number seven, Paw Patrol the movie number yeah. six, <laughs> right? Like that shit, and it's like, but I don't like no one, no person who just saw that listing online is like, you know what? I'm gonna go to the movies. Is gonna walk out of that and be like. I love going to the movies. Wow, I feel like invigorated by this experience. Like, and it's rare, even as somebody who loves movies, to walk out of a movie theater being like, "Holy shit!" Like, that was. I think like the last time that happened to me was probably like Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you know, there have been like good movies since then. Don't get me wrong. Um, that was not the last good movie released, but you know, there there is a a quality deficit right now coming out of uh big movie companies and the theater chains have to try to get people in somehow so i guess this is the result but it's just like two snakes eating their own tails and uh, yeah and the thing is is like you're never going to be able to compete with streaming that you're if by trying to compete with streaming you're just you're 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 shooting yourself in the foot that's not what you need to do, like you said, is make quality, make quality, right? One. And two, here's the other problem. And let's just, I, I'm not one of these people who are going to bitch too much about pricing. Um, but 
holy shit, do you're making me pay fourteen dollars to go see a movie? L- like, think about what you're asking. And if I want some popcorn, popcorn. And this has always been a thing. I know it's always been the the, the prices have always been crazy, but instead of maybe keep raising the prices to keep the profit margins the same how about you maybe think about hey what how, what could be better maybe i lowered the prices a little bit maybe i could offset that by having more people come in the door because it's cheaper you know you ever thought of that yeah that's a that's a concept um yeah i'm i just i totally agree with tarantino which is not something i'm gonna say often but i just i can't stand the, the the pandering it's a, it's like a pandering right like i feel pandered to like oh you know you want this fluffy pillow next thing you know like i'm gonna be like covered in a blanket spending the night in a the theater right like yeah and then every ad before have you seen the uh pre-roll ad that plays before trailers now where it's just like an advertisement for the mcu as a concept then it shows like their next eight movies at the end no i haven't actually Oh, I've seen it like three times now. And every time it's like, who, who is this for? Like, why is money being spent on this? There's such a, like an entertainment bubble right now. And we're like 10 years away from none of these like made up like film entertainment jobs existing. Cause no one is going to give a fuck anymore. Like how's black widow doing? Is that doing big numbers? I haven't checked. Um, good question. I don't know. I, let me, I'm, I'm going to check right now that you just said that I haven't seen it yet. And I don't, cause yeah. Oh, sorry. I just, I haven't seen it yet, and I just don't know that I will, honestly. And we uh, talked about that movie being like, oh, this is this will be the real test for how well theaters can do. Like, I don't know what else coming up could feasibly do as well as a new Marvel movie. But um, on Wednesday, it made five point five million, which was ten percent ahead of F nine, and the running total for uh. Worldwide, it was a hundred million, and the domestic opening uh, was eighty million. I mean, not the worst, but if it if that was the original release date with COVID ever happening, I'm sure you could have increased that by at least fifty to seventy five percent. Oh, probably yeah, yeah, easy. I mean, I think they're estimating by the end of the weekend globally it'll it will be well over 200 million um but it should i mean honestly within if the pandemic never happened it would you would think that it would probably be 200 million just for the u.s oh yeah right or close oh yeah um yeah i mean i've heard good things i've seen good things about it i just i don't it's a weird movie for me. Like I, I don't really know how it. And I'm an MCU fan. I know you're not necessarily that guy, but I just don't know how it fits into everything we've already seen. And um, yeah, the second I heard a bunch of initial reactions being, "Wow, I couldn't shake the feeling that this should have come out in 2013." <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, a, I'm all set. I heard that Florence Pugh is really bad in it. That her uh, Russian accent does not hold up. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I don't know what else. That's that's sad. That's uh, what you get for uh, burning up your boyfriend like that. Uh, my favorite, my favorite critic, um, which I don't know, I've mentioned this before, and I almost had him on the show. I was so close. Armand White. 
<laughs> no, um, close though. Uh, I would love to have Armin White on. Um, Matt Singer from Screen Crush. Uh, oh shit! Wow. He's. He said, if F9 did not satisfy your hunger for massive blockbusters about families saving the world through insane stunt sequences and domestic drama, here comes Black Widow, an offering that will do the exact same thing. So There you have it, folks. Well, thank you, special guest Matt Singer. Yeah. Um, we got to get Armand White, who, first of all, people can rag on him, but he's like the only subversive critic working right now. Yes. And he's is. like he has some very bad opinions, it seems, in terms of like uh, his his personal beliefs. But <laughs> like at, at least somebody has thoughts for themselves instead of the critic hive. Mind. I mean, like I never I used to be like a religious Rotten Tomatoes checker. Mm hmm. And I look at that maybe like once every two months now. Be like, oh, what did come out? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah I used to frequent it daily, probably, um, or at least weekly. Um, now I just have my I, I just have my critics that I trust pretty much. But you're right, there isn't a, another subversive critic like out there, um, and the ones that try to be end up just looking terrible right? yeah, I don't. white and the uh, lights camera jackson our last last two bastions of hope right <laughs> right um it is like i forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> I, I you know but i don't know i, I think that yeah i think this is maybe um this is maybe uh, uh, we're at the point though i think now that we're going to start getting a little bit better releases. It, when I looked ahead, like a lot of the movies that were supposed to really be released this summer got pushed back to the spring and a lot of movies from last fall and last summer got pushed to this fall. So like there are a lot of movies that I am looking forward to later on in the year. Um, if just, we got to pray to God that the pandemic stays put and the Delta variant, people keep getting vaccinated and we can get out of this mess that's what's up yeah that's what's up. thank you special guest uh anthony fauci <laughs> fucci i'm uh dr fucci um Fukashi. so all right that that's it for open discussion let's move on to media hot takes um let's see how do i want to do this drew well i have three brian you have three so you go first uh, they're all jackass movies oh jesus okay <laughs> um just you go first then <laughs> I, okay, wait, wait, wait. How about this? I will talk about Loki because I've already kind of talked about Loki, and I'll just rehash that, and then you can talk about uh, the Jackass movies, and then I'll finish. I'll finish us off. Loki, um, one of the best shows of all time. Speaking about so Mar- nice, we had to talk about it twice. <laughs> speaking about Marvel, so I mentioned. Uh, I I think I said episode five, but it was episode four. I th- I really really thought they were doing something awesome, and uh, spoil. I'm not I'm not going to mention it like verbatim. I'm not going to say what happened, but they completely undercut what happened in four and five and it wasn't as big of a deal and it kind of bummed me out. Um, is that sort of the, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, pattern with these Marvel shows as of late? I mean, I don't know how people felt about WandaVision. I know the beginning was divisive, but the one person I've heard talk about it was like, Oh yeah, it got more formulaic towards the end as did captain of Earth, winter soldier and Falcon as did Loki. It seems yeah, it uh, that's that's pretty much where we're at. Like, uh, 
Loki was a, a little different. I, I the, the ending. Oh, there's a dog in the house. Uh, the the ending was a little different than it wasn't nearly as bad as those other uh, shows. But the thing, okay, this definitely sets up phase the next phase of Marvel movies. Um, it hundred percent pushes everything to the next to the next level right but what it didn't do was resolve anything that the show began with like it literally the characters in the tv show are at square one essentially it's hard to explain without seeing it but do you think it's a consequence of them trying to make this show that feels important where it's like oh see we're making this tv that's still a vital piece of the mcu but it can't be too important because not everyone is seeing it so we can't make like the most vital piece of our next big deluge of movies be like one episode of this streaming only show i think so i think i think that honestly i feel like they were trying to use these shows um and we have a dog going crazy. Um, they're trying to use these shows to bridge the gap between Endgame and then the next phase. And each one... Uh, do, you, do you care if I spoil all these shows? I don't care. Okay, so if you don't want to hear spoilers for any of the Disney Plus shows, just skip ahead four minutes. I'll try to do as best I can in four minutes. But he's going to freestyle rap the whole thing. Go. <laughs> so WandaVision ends with her becoming the Scarlet Witch. Right? She's become this thing that she was always afraid of becoming. Okay? Wasn't she always the Scarlet Witch? No. that's uh, Apparently that's not a thing. So Okay. <laughs> I thought I was under the impression she was. Uh, you would, That's the way, what I was too. But <laughs> apparently the Scarlet Witch is... Um, the, uh, the most powerful witch in the world, and it's something that can be passed along through magic. And she oh, she taps into her magic into a very um, extreme way, and basically becomes the Scarlet Witch, which in turn is causing a ripple effect throughout the universe um, because this magic box has been opened, right? Skip ahead to uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. There's a gap missing between uh, Captain America. You know, we the world is looking for a, a America. I should say is looking for a new Captain America. We, you know, everybody wants it to be Anthony Mackie and uh, the Falcon. He doesn't want it. He de- he he denies it. And there's all this political intrigue that goes around. They end up picking someone else. And what the sh- that show is trying to introduce is this movement um the social the social political movement of people who um came back from the snap and their lives were destroyed because they were the world moved on without them and there was no basically they're the refugees and so it's setting up the unrest in this in in our world in on earth and how the and, and assuming I'm assuming this is happening across the universe, so the snap people come back, and so they're essentially refugees. Their lives have been changed, their jobs have been lost, you know, all this stuff. And so that's setting up this socio-political thing that just kind of gets left 
to fester in the end. And then um, Loki introduces the multiverse. And basically what happened is they finds out that there are multi different there's a bunch of different Lokis who look different they aren't they don't don't all look like Tim Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston there's female Lokis there's old Lokis there's alligator Lokis there's children Lokis there's just there's alien there's all kinds of different Lokis right and there's all kinds of there's millions or I guess infinity levels of of um uh universes universes and Meaning that the Fortnite Loki skin is canon in the MCU. Yes, there you go. And um, basically, basically what happened was uh, they found the person who discovered the multiverses, and one the female Loki kills him, causing this ripple across all the multiverse, and. It ends up the only person that knows what's happening is our Loki, Tom Hiddleston, and so he has to go basically reassemble the Avengers, and they're probably gonna have to use Scarlet's black magic, and you know, there's it's set up for this multiverse of madness. You're saying they're gonna team up? Yeah, they're gonna reassemble the Avengers. I bet. Oh, I can only imagine the poster tagline. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. But anyway, so my whole point is like they're just nothing is really accomplished as far as like character development or like they introduce a ton of new characters in these shows and nothing really comes of it. But we we have established, I think, the new big bag is uh, the new big bad is going to be Kang the Conqueror. So there there's that. But anyways, yeah, I I was I was disappointed. Let me just put it that way. I was disappointed. In, in the Loki finale, much like I was disappointed in the, the other shows. So, if tomorrow there Never comes, you open Twitter, yes, and you see a news story, you say Warner Brothers announces Lego Marvel Avengers Assembled with a D, a new Lego movie set in the MCU. What is your reaction to that? I'd feel <laughs> conflicted, I'd still see it anyway because I love those movies, except for Ninjago, that one sucked. <laughs> that did suck. I I would see it hundred percent. I would roll my eyes as I walked in to watch it. You know it's you know it's one of the the funniest jokes in any of those movies. What's that? In the Lego Batman movie where they're at the like charity gala where Batman first meets Robin, he's like, "Oh, my name is Richard, but the the kids at the orphanage they call me Dick." And Batman just goes, "Kids can be cruel sometimes." <laughs> yeah, and it's like a very simple joke, and it's like, yeah. You're just making a joke about the name Dick. It's not particularly creative, but it, it makes me laugh a lot because I think about it frequently. Yeah, obviously. I love it. That's actually really good. I like it a lot. Um, <laughs> all right, Drew, tell us about Jackass. Funny. Okay, so recently I <laughs> did a rewatch of all three main Jackass films, uh, that being Jackass 1, Jackass 2, and Jackass 3. Well, Jackass 3D home video release, Jackass 3, um, which honestly, really interesting watch if you're exclusively paying attention to which stunts they uh, conceived of with the 3D gimmick in mind, Mm -hmm. because a lot of it's like 
what if the poop flew right at the camera? <laughs> yeah. And honestly, what if the poop did fly right at the camera? Show me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, in preparation of Jackass Forever title drop, uh, no involvement from Bam Margera. There was drama there that I learned about that I wasn't yeah. caught up on. Apparently, it's like a restraining order. Um, Bam will not be returning in Jackass Part Four. Can I can but... I tell you a secret about Bam? Oh, tell me all your secrets, Brian. I uh, my close work friend had a birthday, and I bought a cameo of Bam, and it was absolutely hilarious. I asked him to say some really vulgar stuff, and he did on a on a flight, uh, and it is classic. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Oh shit! Sorry, something just fell down in my room. That was scary. <laughs> it's okay. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I thought someone was breaking in. Um, that totally threw me off. Yes. Jackass. Funny. Um, fourth movie coming up. I'm curious to see how that turns out. Because they don't like I'm excited for it, but they do not need to make that. Right. And I like there's no way they had the energy they had for like Jackass to one of the most physically intense movies ever put to film so you know we'll see but yeah all those all those first three movies hold up tremendously yeah i you know uh, i i love those movies but i'm with you like i have mixed emotions about this like I've already I've already seen like the clip where they shot a potato gun of dog poop at um, Steve-O's face and he blew his eardrum and it's like do you guys really need to put yourself you guys are like in your 50s now <laughs> like do you yeah. need to do this to yourself like I don't I don't need to see old men breaking hips like and I Steve-O's doing all that stuff like every day on his YouTube channel <laughs> yeah yeah that's the other thing too right I just uh I don't know. I, I I mean I'm all for it. I, I love I mean I love it, but I also am like just kinda wish it was like a maybe a new cast, you know. It, it, but it's hard to replicate and I don't I mean I know you're a lot younger than me, you don't have to rub it in, but the thing about that was so interesting is like uh, you know, I knew Bam Margera and some of the guys because I had friends who were skateboarders. And so it was like weird, right? Because I, I like watched him in skate videos like and i watched the show jackass obviously when it came out but i didn't know who any of the guys were except for bam and a lot of and i had friends who like loved cky like his Mm -hmm. brother's band and so it just was really weird and i think it was you had to be part of that zeitgeist to really understand what was kind of happening but then they made the movies and the movies had just such a broad appeal i feel like Um, but they still maintain that like home stunt reel skate video aesthetic um like they are they are so true to form of what like that vision is and it's like really never compromised even as their budgets got uh got bigger mm-hmm. right one of the one of the funniest parts of any movie is the 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 taxi terrorist prank and i think it's <laughs> yeah. jackass too i watched yes. all three of them back yeah. to back it was four and a half hours they kind of all blend together um but just one of like the cruelest things that anyone has ever done to another human. Ah, never mind. One of the cruelest <laughs> things that has been done in a comedy film to a real person. Yes. True. True. That is that is one of the funniest. You're you're correct. Um, 
Well, and and I think I think the genius, and if it's just like, oh, we we have a potato gun and we're shooting dog poop, like that's kind of lame. Because what makes ninety five percent of all of the stunts in Jackass funny, or the pranks, is there's always it's it's funny because it's like, oh, this is absurd, but there's one extra layer to it that just like will make it hysterical. Like there's the uh, I think it's jackass one where they're in the hotel with the punching glove through the wall <laughs> yeah. and which is like yeah funny on its own because it gets smaller and they have to bring their faces closer but they have the chair just sitting there for Wee man they're like yeah the chair was just there <laughs> I don't... it like does not see through it at all and it's just just three of the funniest movies ever made i also think it's their camaraderie and like you can tell they're actual friends which kind of sucks about the fourth one and bam going off the deep end and just all the issues that he's dealing with, obviously, you know, I hope that he gets help and gets himself mentally correct. But they all just generally seem to, like, enjoy each other. And I think that was, like, part of the fun, too. It's like it seemed like a, just a group of friends that are being assholes to each other. Yeah, and it's they're such, like, grotesque and extreme movies. But it never feels, like, mean-spirited because they're just right. doing it to each other. And it's all, like you see Steve-O strapping himself into the porta potty you know? It's never like, oh, we did this awful thing to an unsuspecting stranger. And they do have a couple that involve people in the public, but it's never... It's always, oh, haha, look at that idiot, instead of, oh, look at these stupid people who right. don't know what's happening to them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I 100% agree. It's never... It doesn't ever seem, like, mean-spirited or... or um even as it when it's low brow humor it feels like it's all in fun and it's not like for cheap laughs it's like they're trying to make themselves laugh and in turn we're laughing right jackass is highbrow art it's outsider art um it it, what french french extremity french extremity all those um yeah that's what jackass is and if you don't like it you're Lame. a girl <laughs> um all right so lastly i wanted to talk about i, I mentioned i wrote a uh, article that's gonna that you can see at coldpop.com i went i love doing these because I, lo- I love p- putting a spotlight on movies that most people don't see or they maybe have heard about and they're like, Oh, that movie's shit. Or like, yeah, that's not good. So I, I wrote 11, 11 underrated films of the two thousands and specifically 2000 to 2009. But I rewatched all these movies. Um, I, I had an original list of 15 movies and I whittled it down to 11. Um, and the 11th movie I, I, I wanted to talk about specifically on this podcast because I kind of want you to see it, Drew, if you haven't, and just because I think that it could be a one day, it could be a cult classic. And Interesting. That's the Alex Proyas film, Knowing. Have you heard of this movie? Do you know what it is? Have Describe it? it. Okay, so it stars Nicolas Cage, and um, it, okay, the movie starts in 1950, and there is a girl who. Uh, scribbles a bunch of numbers onto a piece of paper and her class is putting it um into it might not be 1950 it might be like 1959 or something um i think it is 1959 because it's like 50 years later anyways they're they're putting it all the stuff into a time capsule that's going to be opened 
50 years later on this date. And so um, everybody gets something from it. Uh, the time capsule once it's dug up and it just so happens that um, Nicholas Cage's son gets these numbers that were written by um, this girl okay so but not the number you're thinking of so basically what the the plot of the movie is um, all all these natural disasters are happening and not even natural disasters sometimes it's just disasters or wars or whatever and um, Nicolas Cage starts realizing that oh uh, these are corresponding to um oh my god I can't my mind just went blank what is it called what, uh, numerology no where like uh, um Latitudes and longitudes. Um, the latitude and longitude of these numbers coordinate coordinates uh, are where, and then it's the it's it, so it's it's like nine eleven two thousand one, and then these other series of numbers are when or where it's happening. So it's how many die, the date, and then the longitude latitude of where it's happening. Anyways, um, but really, what's so awesome about this movie is that and I, I mentioned this in, in my writing is I personally feel like it just a hundred percent sticks to what it's going for. Like it never varies ever. It never waffles. It knows what kind of film he knows what kind of film he's making and he just doesn't care what you think about it. He is a hundred percent all in and there's no turning back. Um and you know what? Honestly, I'm not the only person um, that thought that, that thinks it. Roger Ebert gave this movie a uh, five out of five stars, a hundred on a Metacritic, uh, and he said, "Knowing is among the best science fiction films I've seen. Frightening, suspenseful, intelligent, and when it needs to be, rather awesome." Um, he wasn't. He was pretty alone in that thinking. <laughs> um, the you know, there's a lot of bad reviews of this movie, but I really, man, I don't know. There's something about Alex Proyas to me. Who um, are you familiar with, Alex Proyas? What else has he done? So I think probably most famously, um, Dark City was probably the one that he's probably most well known for. Um, have you seen yeah, Dark City? Not, not haven't seen that one. Yeah. Oh, you got to see Dark City. Okay. Um, I think you would love it. So Dark City is probably his most popular and most well received um, movie. He also did Crow, The Crow, um, which is a cult classic, um, but more re- he did gods of egypt which i know that movie oh i saw that one yeah yeah and what'd you think i uh, it was that was a red box when did that movie come out 2016 i think 2015 16 2016 oh no i was thinking of clash of the titans no i saw like 45 minutes of gods of egypt i worked at the movie theater at the time oh, okay well he um he directed i robot he directed dark city like i said um and and the crow so he he like was he had like pretty good success in the 90s and then kind of drifted off and hasn't done much of anything late um he's done a lot of shorts but um yeah i i think uh i don't know i think the knowing is a science fiction like cult classic in the making i think people really should see it because i think it does some really cool things um 
yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I, I was really surprised how well I liked it on a rewatch. I remember seeing it and like being sucked in. I'm not a huge Nicolas Cage fan either. Like I don't really like Nicolas Cage that much as an actor. Um, and we've talked at nauseum. He has both. too much of a screen presence at times. Yeah, you're correct. And, and that's kind of what's great about this is it's he, this character is kind of reserved to be honest. And it, it's like, doesn't feel like anything that he's done in recent memory. I know this was like 12 years ago, but it, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I think that, um, it's a unique film. Um, and I just would encourage to people to see it. Like it has a pretty cool, you know, supporting cast. Rose Byrne is in it. Um, uh, Ben Mendelsohn is in it as well. Uh, Liam Hemsworth is in it. Um, and you know, it's, uh, it's not like they have huge parts in it, but it's a, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it, uh, and uh, I think the ending is um, spectacular. So, uh, yeah, that's knowing. Check you it out. say um, Nicolas Cage isn't normally reserved, but you seem to be forgetting his entirely mute performance in <laughs> uh, Friendly, Friendly Fun Bears, Funko Land. Yeah, right. whatever that movie we saw was. I genuinely, I, the entire time you were just talking, I was trying to think of the name of that movie, and I cannot do it, and I won't look it up. Wally's Wonder, Wally's. Um... Willie's Wonderland. Willie's Wonderland. Sounds we, right. Yeah, we he's the janitor. Willie's Wonderland. We we reviewed it here. Um All right, Drew. I think that's gonna do it for media hot takes. Um let's get into now it's time to go back in time. Our feature review. Uh, speaking of crazy ass science fiction movies, uh the Tomorrow War. Let's uh let's make this brief because uh, we're running long and this could go a while, I feel like. Um And I'm sweating. Are you? Okay. Um so, for those who don't know, it was directed by Chris McKay, uh, director of some really awesome movies, in my opinion. The Lego Movie, um, huge fan of uh, the Lego Batman movie. The Lego Movie. Uh, There's some- this really funny joke in the Lego Batman movie where it's at this <laughs> celebrity gala that Robin's at, and he's like, <laughs> "Stop me if you've heard this one." Tomorrow War. Uh, I'm having flashbacks. Um, yeah, and uh, he basically got. Uh, he got he's not famous, but he got a lot of his clout in Hollywood from Robot Chicken. He worked on Robot Chicken for a long time, um, and of course, one of my all-time favorites. And I don't know if you know about this, but Moral Oral um, from the mid two thousands. Do you know Moral Oral? That sounds like something that would have been blocked on my internet browser as a child. Probably, but do yourself a favor and. Um, just google moral oral when you get a chance it's pretty terrific um that joke i was saying that it sounds like a porn but i feel like it didn't land so (laughs) no just just trust me just google moral oral when you get a chance um anyway so chris mckay who i think is like i said a talented director um stars chris pratt has betty gilpin yvonne uh, strosky J.K. Simmons, Sam Richardson, um, Edwin Hodge, Jasmine Matthews. Pretty decent-sized cast. Um, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts, Drew, initially? Tell me about it. What you think about this movie? It's surprising. Honestly, I didn't know Chris McKay directed this one. Um, but that's surprising because I don't think this is a very fun movie. It feels like it, it definitely draws a lot of inspiration from, like, every it's it's an amalgamation of like ender's game 
uh, Edge of Tomorrow, every Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> um, and it feels like they kind of like wasted Chris Pratt on this by making him like the the straight man. Like I'm the, I'm the gruff guy. I'm in charge here. Get to cover private. Like uh-huh. just a boring choice. The I want to talk about the the general premise though because. At first, I was like, that's interesting. Then it's like, oh, no, that's, like, really, like, fucked up. Why would they do that? (laughs) Yeah, so basically what happens is there's a war that's being fought 30 years in the future. And basically the armies of the world are being wiped out. So they've gone back in time to recruit draft slash draft, um, a.k.a. force people to go to war in the future to try to stop uh, the coming destruction i guess of, of the the white spikes by the white spikes yeah um seven nation army <laughs> yeah I, i'm with you i agree with a lot of what you said like chris pratt's character in this movie is just underwritten in a lot of ways but also the dialogue doesn't do him any favors like you mentioned like he's not funny he's like chris pratt as an everyman works best when he's allowed to be the funny awkward guy when it doesn't work is when he's trying to play the straight guy who's trying to keep everything together um just felt like a complete miscast i agree and also um i i feel like this movie was kind of thrown together um i don't know the source material is I don't even know if there is source material. I don't. I, I can't imagine this being original. Yeah, <laughs> this was like, a, oh, I have my son had such a cool idea. <laughs> is, 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 is that, what, is yeah, that, that right? That high school student they're putting on Jeff Bezos's spaceship. They they let him write a movie for Amazon <laughs> Studios. On the Wikipedia page, we have a, a production company listed, uh, Lit Entertainment Group, that has no hyperlink. So lit, it's lit. Yeah, this this one, it's lit, folks. Um, I guess this is an original idea, by the way, because I'm I can't find like I'm on the wiki page too, and it doesn't it doesn't well, say. Well, keep them keep them coming, guys. That's um, but I mean, this movie could have easily been three separate movies, um. If it, I, I just, I can't imagine. Uh, Zach Dean is the writer. I can't imagine this being the way that he dreamt this movie up. Like I just, it's, I cannot fathom. Um, there are literally three climaxes in this film. Um, yeah, it's like Return of the King. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Except it's really bad. I mean, Wait, not this, really bad, this... but. This might not have been that cobbled together. It was a uh, not an Amazon original. It was purchased by Amazon from More Paramount. Money. It was supposed to have wow. a theatrical release uh, initially. Yeah, I guess you're right. But, I mean, see, what see what I'm saying? Like how, how I, this should have been three movies. Like, you get what I'm saying? Oh yeah, it is like. I mean, it's a long movie, but it is paced. I mean, it's paced like the Lego Movie. It's like yeah, like gag a minute. And uh, going back to the comic relief thing. The comic relief they do have in this movie is so fucking awful. I don't know <laughs> if you had any opinions on that. Yeah. It's like you have like and like whatever. Chris Pratt is like uh, a very funny guy when they let him be that. But like give him something to work with because you're just putting like absolute fucking doofuses next to him where it's like, oh, like like Beavis and Butthead level morons. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. It's 
in it's this true. very serious, it's true. like the the fate of the world is at our hands. But I, I can we talk about the the general conceit of this a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. So big soccer game, giant portal opens from the future. It's what like thirty years, twenty nine years? Yeah, thirty years. Lady comes out. Everyone's watching on TV. She says. The white stripes are killing us all in the future and you need to help, which like, isn't that like if, okay, tomorrow, cause that's the name of the movie. If tomorrow something, you're a big NBA fan, any NBA games happening tomorrow, Brian? Uh, yeah, there just happens to be NBA finals game five. Who's playing <laughs> the Suns and the bucks. Okay, Suns and Bucks. They're they're dribbling around. They're they're hitting threes from outside the paint. All of a sudden, portal opens in the top of the stadium. They're all vaporized instantly. A lady comes out and says, "Brian, you need to help us fight the war in the future." Do you really care that much? No, that's a great point. I actually was thinking like, no, what the fuck? Like, I, 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 why would I believe you? First of all, I mean, you did see a giant space portal open up. Uh, okay, but I guess I guess if I was there, I'd believe it. On TV, I'd be like, "Oh, this is some like War of the Worlds thing." Yeah, this is some Taco Bell commercial, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, the giant portal opens up, and the Geico lizard <laughs> walks out. <laughs> yeah, it's right. It's like um... they did kill a ton of people, though. In the in the pyrotechnics, most of the players are dead. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it, like I guess thirty years. It's like. Yeah, I'll be I'll be fifty two, but just like tell me the date when they're coming, I can make sure I'm not here when it happens. Like, I'm good at just hanging out until then. Well, okay, so yeah, I I I really want to delve into this more. Um, but I think we need to get to spoilers because I do I have some major thoughts on this. Um, because I'm major with you, like on deck initially the 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 conceit initially i was like oh this is this is fun right i i totally i'm with you but the more you think about it the more holes there are to poke in it and i just i don't yeah i i i i wish it i wish this movie worked better i wish it was funnier and i wish that it was just i i I don't know. I I wish that it was m- more than one film. Like I, I, if they would have just, like I said, extrapolated the the first thirty minutes of this movie into a, an hour and forty five minute film, you really got something, and you could build it into a trilogy. And it would be nice to have that like self contained. We are never making another one of these again, even though they would. Um, if the if that is the route they took. Just be like, okay, here's three movies and we're done. Don't ask about this anymore. We told our story like we don't really have those anymore. No. Um, and, and there, there's already a sequel planned too, by the way. Of so. course there is. Well, are we in spoilers or? No. Let's. So if you don't want to hear spoilers for Tomorrow War, stop listening right now. What? Honey. Wow. Are you kidding really? me? You just ruin it every oh. time. Oh. I'll see you at home. Oh, wait so a second. Rude. How would you not know that that was taking place? Okay, the ending is just some, like, new era Godzilla stuff. <laughs> With, like, the, oh, in the year, like, 900. <laughs> they all came from the center of the earth. Like, like, what are we... It Just, like, overcomplicating it with the lore. Like, 
you can keep this very simple. That's why a movie like Edge of Tomorrow works because it's not bogged down in yeah. explaining the hard science fiction details. Not even hard science fiction, just like, like oh, I just had the coolest idea ever for an alien design. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's just kind of like the Cloverfield monster, but tiny. And has like a devil head. Yeah. It, it honestly, like, the, the design of this monster is like, uh, it's like bad, a bad version of the quiet place monster, in my opinion. Like there's just no thought to it at all. Yeah. It's, it's the Google image search result. If you search like, like scary demon, (laughs) scary alien demon. Yeah. Like, I, okay. So man, I don't even know where to start with this movie. Uh, I really think this movie is bonkers in a lot of ways. And I did like kind of had have some fun with it throughout the runtime, particularly during the the second climax. Um, Quit bragging. I really thought that. So, okay. I'm trying to think of how to talk about this fucking movie. So initially when they go back in time, the first time, like when he goes back and something happens, it's the fall of Miami, I guess, is, let's just call it. Um, and they re- they re- retrieve these um, these vials. In my mind, I'm thinking, why didn't we see th- like this? Is clearly should have been elongated to a point where like that is the climax. They need to get back with this serum, and you have or I don't exactly remember what they were getting, but these vials of whatever, but like you spend a lot of time with them training together and get to know them as a group. That way when they die, when these people sacrifice their life, something it fucking means something, right? Like these are characters I'm introduced, introduced to 10 minutes ago and they're dying and sacrificing. themselves, and I'm supposed to care. Like, I know that may seem like I'm asking too much for a, this type of film, but I, I think it's just all there. Like it's all there to be had. Like this is the first, this is the first film in a trilogy, right? And it just seemed so like heavy-handed and like let's just get through this. Let's just get through this to get to the second climax, which was pro- the second act of this film. I actually, like I said, I actually somewhat enjoyed um i don't know what are your thoughts so far about what i'm saying yeah i mean i guess like watching this i was like are we ever going to get another like good alien invasion movie like what was the last like excellent not excellent even just like oh that's a good solid alien invasion movie (laughs) i mean probably edge of tomorrow i guess i don't know it's a good question i can't yeah, because it just all, like, this and, like, Independence Day Resurgence, all Ugh. of the same, like, oh, we're doing our our Space Invaders, like, wave shooter for 15 yeah. minutes. And, like, this didn't have to be a movie with a Marvel budget. No. Like, right. like you don't have to go, like, because all the, se- it's just, there are several portions of this movie that look like a, a wide shot from the Army of the Dead intro. <laughs> we're showing just like millions yeah. of zombies in los angeles it's like oh yeah it sure looks like you guys had a, a pretty big computer to render all that <laughs> like what do right. you want me to say like right. good job 
like it means nothing like when when the characters aren't there and when you try like a movie like this should have zero lore you should not be naming the aliens like oh yeah they're invading the earth like white spike yeah is an awful like i mean that's a larger issue with any sort of like post-apocalyptic zombie alien movie is that no one knows how to name Mm -hmm. something and make it sound scary (laughs) right in those types of movies but yeah i guess like trying to talk about this which like you were kind of getting at is kind of like when we tried to talk about tenet except tenet has swag and this movie doesn't at all that's a great point that's what this movie is missing right that this movie swag. is missing swag it, it, it is it's missing that that extra flavor like it's it's missing and and chris pratt should be able to bring that like the writing is just it falters so hard the the, the i can't because i do feel like chris mckay's style like there are entertaining moments in this movie like i i like the when they're in the, the dominican and they're storming that the female's cave or whatever like that was a that was a fun scene like i I felt on the edge of my seat probably the only time in the movie honestly it it's it's just it seemed like a good set piece but then like there's no like there's no stakes at the same time because the characters that you could be killing off or could be sacrificing themselves have already died in one act earlier right yeah it just it's this movie is bafflingly written and it is like it's 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 this just wild and it gets more wild from there right because like they go back to the lab here okay here's my other issue and this i think you're gonna agree with me here like either you make the alien dumb and uh predatory or you make it smart and aggressive right like that's you, you either basically do something like you either create the alien from alien or you which is the the smart like aggressive alien right like it's not a dumb it's not dumb it doesn't it's not like the quiet place alien where it, it's just out trying to eat and kill and feed like it's dumb it's just trying to survive like the alien is methodical it's a hunter it's a predator it's doing something right it's, it's stalking you it's, yeah exactly like instead like one minute they're dumb slinging their white spikes everywhere the next minute they're they know exactly where the female is and this one female is so important they're bringing hordes of other ones to come get like it just doesn't make and the internal logic is just terrible terrible they get no girls just zero (laughs) right right i mean desperate and and that that whole scene is just really really like the whole that whole climax that whole portion of it it's just really dumb in my opinion like and and the other part of it is like you set you set okay that is the middle of the movie you have this huge explosion all this shit's going on you know white spikes are just destroying everything and you know ships are getting blown up helicopters are crashing that's not the that's not the finish of the film he goes back in time and has this where it gets real crazy yeah and here's the other thing too is like i i don't understand i never i didn't understand this either real quick so they have the serum they know how it works they can reproduce it but they can't get it back to the future right they they can't go to the future 
But they have it. So when the aliens land, why can't they use that as a weapon? I didn't understand. I don't have an answer for you. I'm sorry. Like, the the plan all along should be they go back in time and they find the aliens or they figure out when the aliens land or how they land and they kill them, right? Like, that, that just... I, I never understood why they had to, to create more of the serum to go back into the future. Like, it, it doesn't make any fucking sense, right? Am yeah. I, am I crazy? They have also just, like, warned them, be like, hey, you guys got 30 years to prepare for this. Bye. Right. That's the other thing, too, right? Like, <laughs> like why, why does everyone here have to die to help you guys? That's your problem. It doesn't make sense, right? Like, I don't get it. Or why wouldn't you just bring as many people back as you can, and st- and start planning, and 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 figuring out how like, I there's so much like the time travel in this is just really fucking stupid. Do you want to hear my way better version of this movie, Brian? Yes, I do. I I, I want to hear it. Okay, I'm thinking we're scale way down, kind of like an alien style. Uh squad based alien movie we got same setup 2022 but instead of we got to get all these people from 2022 we got to get the best soldier from every war we got spartans fighting alongside tom hanks from saving private it's the ready player one of wars Brian. yeah but um yeah, if you're going to time travel and be like, we have to get everyone to fight these aliens, make it the MCU of like, oh, wait, is that Napoleon in the background? It's like the the endgame portal scene, but for recognizing like, <clears throat> like, uh, oh, it's the Black Panther party. <laughs> <laughs> They're here to fight the aliens, too. Yeah, I like this. I like where you're going. So, OK, so maybe budget backup. I need a. Uh, whatever budget they were going to give James Cameron for Avatar, because I'm building a real-time machine to get actual actors from <laughs> their era. Okay, okay. I want the, di- the dialect to be correct. <laughs> this is this is nuts. I love it. Thank you. I love it. Okay. To uh, kill the White Spikes. Sorry, we're talking about uh, the Tomorrow War. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in on that movie, by the way. I'm, I'm much more in on that movie than I am the movie that we got. Which, like and I said... We have I- to- get the jump link restart c4 to restart i yeah i just and and let's talk about the ending again too so like the very ending of course they fuck up in the ship and one gets loose and it just happens to be the female and she's going crazy and dorian uh is basically like don't worry i'm dying of cancer so i'll blow myself up and kill everything in the ship but one still gets out and jk simmons the bad dad who we're not really sure exactly why his son hates him but he hates him has to sacrifice himself um only he doesn't sacrifice himself because chris pratt jumps in the way and stabs him like talk about just a counter like you just had this whole big thing with your own child where she dies in the future and then like why you just like you the dad dies like that's how you end this right right like jk simmons character sacrifices himself for his son that's how you end this movie yeah they should stop making movies about 
like white guys with daddy issues since Ad Astor came out and they'll never <laughs> do something as profound and thoughtful and quiet as that and they'll just keep fucking it up like this just like ugh I'm I'm a character because I had a mean dad and that's <laughs> it and I have a kid every fucking character in every movie now I'm trying to be I'm I'm afraid I'm I've become the man my father was yeah right cool dude that and that like honestly though like comparing this to a quiet place in the the relationships like it's just so poorly drawn in this film like you really don't care about chris pratt's daughter at all like oh yeah at least i remember what the characters in a quiet place look like (laughs) you're not wrong though you're not wrong like i i don't know like here's the thing and am i crazy for saying this like yeah. what would you what would you rate this movie first let me like i i think you probably saw what i gave it on letterbox um like uh like a like a out of five or out of ten out of five just give it whatever you actually whatever you want to want to do between you, out of five like a one and a half or a two okay i think that's fair right I gave it three and a half stars, and the only reason I did that is because... Is because I, you love when Chris Pratt squints and looks at things? Yes, that. Is because I found myself in that second act thoroughly engulfed in this film. And I I honestly, that last set piece, not the... So in the second, in the middle, I, I obviously don't know the running time in the movie. I, I swear I didn't know. I'm watching it. When his daughter dies and he goes back in time, I thought that was the end of the fucking film. Like, I and I was like, so like, you know what? This movie's not that bad. This is a good movie. I enjoyed this movie up to that point. The next twenty minutes are so bad that I guess I could lower my expect or my my rating, and it would have it actually met what I expected it to in terms of that and giving it probably a two or two and a half star rating. But I really enjoyed the fir- the first, you know two-thirds of the movie i really did like i it's not a great movie it's not something that i will probably ever go back to and if i do it'd be way in the future but i just don't understand the structure of the movie i just don't get it so give the people a specific timestamp they can turn off their tvs at um i mean i think you know it like it's right when he goes back yeah. to the future like i still don't understand why it wasn't that i thought the whole point i i didn't even realize honestly that the movie wasn't over because I'm when they're until they're like I'm like wait a minute he has the serum like they can reproduce the serum in, now and like they have everything they need to yeah make the objective this. of the movie that we set up originally <laughs> right like I don't this so is the goal <laughs> like what why what what is why is what what are we doing here like I was really confused um it's probably I would say see the it's two hours and eighteen minutes long I would say probably at like one fifty you could probably turn it off. Uh, a 10 Cloverfield Lane type situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Not that the the body of Tomorrow War is no. a five star movie, as no. is 10 Cloverfield Lane. It's not. It's three. It's a three star, uh, in my opinion. Up to that point, it's a three star movie, three and a half star. Like I, I and probably I think, like. Sorry. No, go ahead. Like I think that's totally fair. Um, I think for a movie like this, like. Army of the Dead, not similar, but it's 
you'd see them next to each other at Blockbuster, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like, at least that was introducing, like, oh, this is, like, a fun idea for a set piece, or this is something interesting, this is engaging because every scene feels kind of different. And this, it's like, everyone kind of looks the same. Yeah. It's very drab. There's some expensive looking CG, but it's not particularly like exciting to watch just because there's so much happening. Right. Um, so it, it's not that I, that I dislike this type of movie, but it's like, they have to be at least like decent for me to give a shit. And I don't think that this was. Yeah. No, I, I, I again, I don't disagree with you. Like I, I, I don't know. I I don't. I understand why people would hate this movie. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And I I will never defend this movie. Um, but I, I you know I'm not gonna lie. Like I somewhat enjoyed it. <laughs> like yeah. I, I did. Um, more of a guilty pleasure. And it's one of those things too where it's it's kind of like I see what this movie really could have been. And I just don't get it. I don't understand Hollywood. I don't understand like having these ideas. I don't understand like if you're going to have a sequel, why do you do you end the movie the way you did? I I I don't get it. I don't understand. Why do you make this movie the way you did at all? Yeah, right. Yeah, and I I, I think Army that is a good comparison um, to this in terms of like. But here's my thing too with Army of the Dead though is I hated the way that movie ended like the the last you know ten fifteen minutes of it yeah um but it really took some chances up until that point like honestly like it really did and it forced characters to make rational big decisions and decided that hey we got the smart monster <laughs> exactly but you know exactly uh, but you know this movie didn't it didn't do that. Like the character, like the writing, I, I would never dream of saying that the writing was significantly better in army of the dead, but it, it is. Oh, it was, it was, yeah, that movie has like good jokes. Oh yeah. That's the other thing too, is the humor is way better. That's, and again, that, that to me is just Chris McKay is a talent enough director. He knows what's funny. I don't know who this writer is. I, honestly, like I don't, he's never really done anything before this, but you can't tell me Chris McCray, Chris McKay couldn't script doctor this like the dude has written and directed for robot chicken and the Lego movies. Like, come on, like, you know, what's funny. Like, yeah, that's why I just am confused that this movie, it felt like it was rushed together. Like I, uh, it's I'm baffled by the, yeah, knowing the production history of it, at least in terms of who owns it, it's very confusing how this is the end product. And the C, like also like the CGI at the end of the movie is so bad, like when he jumps through the air to stab that thing with the the yeah, it's just it's so bad. It looks like something out of nineteen ninety. Like I don't, I was like, what the hell is this? Well, only nineties kids will remember. So just <laughs> just looked bad to me, Brian. Right. Um. Anything else you want to say about Tomorrow War? Um. No. No. Uh, so planning ahead, Drew, um, 
I think we're going to try to have a podcast with a special guest to review No Sudden Move at some point next week if Drew can fit us into his tight little schedule. I will be able to. Um, <laughs> not the only thing, Brian. Um, also, I, I've had some requests um, from fans of the podcast that we possibly should review the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix. Oh, yeah, probably. Okay. Do you want to you want to put that in there for the next couple yeah, weeks? Yeah, sure. Okay. So th- those are the movies on our list. Um, I, I I mean, looking ahead at at some of the releases like we talked about. Um, I don't know what. Is there anything definitive that we you see that we will probably review? Um, looking at it now. Green Knight, we already said. Stillwater, those come out the same day. I don't. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know that we'll review Stillwater. Um, I think that's kind of a wait and see. Because, like, I honestly, I want to watch it, but I don't know that it's going to be, um, good for review. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's one of those ones where I'd rather wait and see. Um, yeah, GI Joe and Old both released the same day. Yeah, so I think we may we might have a double review. We might, yeah. I mean, we might choose one again. Um, if, oh, old will be the one to talk about between those two. Pro- probably, probably, yeah. You're probably right. Um, and um, I think I think the Green Knight will probably be the one to talk about as well. Um, Not Jungle Cruise. <laughs> uh, I mean. Maybe. I, I mean, I do love me some rock, but uh, not planning on it. How about that? Uh, bummer. Yeah, sorry, Drew. I know. Um, I think that's pretty much going to have us covered for the next few weeks. Um, and then we can discuss, you know, going forward. We, ha- we have some ideas of some movies we're going to, some retro stuff that we're going to do. And um, I'm, I'm excited about. So... Yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Midnight Film Review. We will catch you on the flip side. I love you.